Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from Jakarta to around the world, get ready for the Cutting Oranges Podcast, your window into the world of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club, where you will hear from those that were there from the very beginning, all the way to those who are there now. From the drop catches and the thick outside edges, to the big sixes and the five wicket halls and all the big moments in between. So, whether you're stuck in a traffic jam on the way from Chibubur or heading down to Penchuati on a bus, do yourself a favor and grab yourself an ice-cold bintang as we kick off this episode. Here are your hosts, John Baker and Josh Von Viana. Okay, welcome to episode one of the Cutting Oranges podcast. Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club in a walk down memory lane. We've got a very special guest today, but before we do, I'm John Baker and I'm being joined to, uh, once again by my trusty sidekick, Josh Von Vianen. Um, now that I've nailed your name, uh, it's only onwards and upwards from here. Josh, welcome. Baker, thanks for having me again, mate. Uh, felt like we did pretty good last week with our uh, little pilot there. and oh, Rave reviews. Oh, rave reviews between the three guys that have uh, listened to it so far. So <laughs> I think we're off to a flyer. And uh, like I say, onwards and upwards, not with just the name, but with the uh, podcast as well. Before we uh, introduce our very special guest today, uh, Indonesia, did you know? Oh, so yeah, this is where I've um, actually thought we were going to do this a bit later. But yeah, so did you know that Jakarta is sinking? The capital city of Indonesia is sinking at up to 15 centimetres a year in some parts. And parts have sunk more than five meters since 1977 which is crazy and for this reason they are proposing to shift the entire capital city to a whole other island and i think i haven't researched this part but that's only been done two or three times in the history of the world and uh it's going to be interesting when they uh shifted all to borneo if it wasn't for covid they would have started it this year oh wow and uh, I, I do recall that i think they looked at uh the south Af- africa model i think they looked at canberra what the Australians did with Canberra and I believe Brazil. Mm, okay, interesting. Well, if you've, if anyone's ever been to Canberra, um, probably not the model to follow. But um, shout out to everyone listening in Canberra. <laughs> um, well, let me uh, thank you for that. Did you know? Let me introduce our uh, very special guest today, Andrew Barnes, otherwise known as Barnsy, uh, hailing all the way and joining us today from uh, what looks to be a very sunny Birmingham. On the uh, on the Zoom call here, welcome, Andrew. Hey, John. I don't know where you get it sunny from. It's, uh, it's April. It's three degrees. It's miserable, but it's the start of the cricket season. Oh, I would hate to lovely. get hit on the inside leg at three degrees. The inner thigh without an inner thigh guard would just be an absolute stinger. You always talk to uh, use your bat, John. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sometimes those inside edges early in the season, uh, you know, when you haven't quite got your eye in. Um, early in the season, mid-season, end of the season. It says you. Um, so, Barnsley, I mean, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, you and your journey through Indonesia. And uh, I guess, you know, how did you firstly end up in Jakarta? And uh, I guess what's your backstory? So, at the time, I was living in Beijing. I'd already spent uh, three years in Hong Kong, two years in Beijing. The company I was working for, uh, offered me a position in Indonesia. And I, at the time, I don't know for China. It was, uh, pollution was getting bad. It was cold. It was miserable. We needed a bit of sun. And anything I knew about Indonesia at the time, 
was when I spent a couple of weeks in Bali when they were overthrowing Suharto in 98. And uh, I had one question, really. I, I, did they have expat sports teams? Um, as long as they had that, you know, you, you, you're never alone. I mean, I was single. I lived out of a suitcase. Simple question. Yes or no? Yes, they do. Fantastic. I'll, uh, I'll sign up. And I think within being offered that position, it was the same company. I was, yeah, living and uh, drinking beers in Jakarta about uh, about a month later. It moved pretty quickly, actually. And what, what year was year? that? What, what year was that, um, Buddy? Well, that was uh, November 2002. Okay. That was a that's, good. That's, a, that's a good 10 years before the establishment of the Barbarians. So, you know, obviously you've been here a while and, you know, you've, you stayed with the same company, I believe, you know, throughout that time. But were you based in Jakarta entirely? Have you moved around a bit or what's the story yeah, of these uh, early years? A couple of companies. So when I moved, into, moved in 2002, same company. So I was there for three years. But then I went back to Beijing with the same company for a year. Um, wasn't great going back to Beijing. They were turning the place up. A lot of the old memories had disappeared. They were building for the Olympics. I wanted to get out. So I quit my job, um, got married, traveled the world for a year, ran out of money. And initially I was going to move back to the UK. But then um, I realized if I'm going to start a family, there's, there's, what's the point of having it in the UK? Let's go to Indonesia way. And his maids and drivers doing all the, all the dirty work for the first couple of years of a child. <laughs> but I, think you, I think you find a lot, of, a lot of people agreeing with you on that one. I, I, th I seem to think it was a, it's a relatively common strategy. So I, I remember when, um, so I had a year off, so in our honeymoon, and our honeymoon was actually touring Australia during the test series. I remember the, the first two test matches, Julia actually wasn't even with me on the uh, on the honeymoons, but she joined me for the third test. And I remember I was in, oh, what's the beach in Home and Away? Bondi? No. Oh, North Summer Sydney. Bay. Sydney. Summer Bay, is it? No, North, is it North Beach. North Beach. Yeah, so I was there. I got a call. Do you want to come and work again in, uh, in Jakarta? And we were planning, all my stuff had gone back to the UK, so... Uh, Right, yeah, let's do it. So I think after seeing England lose five on the Test series, <laughs> I was keen to get out of Australia. So I think uh, yeah, had went back in February would have been two thousand and seven. I think started again in April two thousand and seven. So that was a long stint. When was that? Yeah, so it would have been February, March, April two thousand and seven after the disastrous five nil Ashes series. Which a great one? series. A great series. <laughs> <laughs> that was the amazing Adelaide, right? Well, yes, the amazing. Well, if you've ever seen the highlights, you would have seen me on it. Because on the day day five, um, it was most certainly a draw, and Army Army, most of them, all the English fans, went to the vineyards, and I thought oh, I didn't fancy. I think I had a bit of a hangover, and the guys I met up with. Um, they didn't fancy it, so I thought, right, I'll go on my own. So I sat beneath the scoreboard, and it was pretty empty, which is surprising for Australia, because it's only pretty poor. I remember around about 2 o'clock, the, the wickets started to fall. The wheels came off. The Adelaide is getting full. And, of course, there's not many English fans there, because the ones who were there disappeared, and most didn't turn up. So 
whenever another wicket fell or whenever um, Australia got closer to the target, um, the crowd sort of panned into this sunburned English fan with a bomb army army. And that was me. <laughs> Hidden hands. <laughs> I, I was sitting there and I got so many text messages from around the world. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, you're losing. <laughs> Sulking under the scoreboard. So tell us a bit more about cricket for you growing up. Um, did you play? Was it, you know, was it the mainstay of your summers? Um, how was it? I think in England, cricket is not as dominant as it is in, say, in Australia. But, so cricket for me, my, my dad played. I think he said he played for, for Wales at some age group. Um, but I, me and most of my generation, growing up in the school holidays, there was three channels on in England. And during the afternoon, only two of the channels were live. So the only option you had during the school holidays was to watch Test Cricket. So of course, they were the, uh, they were the known names, they were the superstars. And then you'd, you'd take that, what you'd be watching on the TV, and you'd take it into the back garden. So, you know, you were David Gower, Gladstone Small, and pretty much came addicted to it. I uh, started watching Warwickshire pretty early on. But I reckon it'd be, I don't remember the 81 Ashes series, but I think I remember the, the following one, which was against New Zealand. Um, I started playing when I was about 10, 11 or 12. And I think at the time, I thought I was good. But, but on reflection, <laughs> when, when I look at the standard that I was playing at, no. Uh, but, I, but I enjoyed it. And I was... Played a lot of football as well, and I was a decent footballer. But I loved cricket more. And when I came back to the UK, I was tidying up some of the, the rooms in the house, my, my late father's documents and files. Uh, and, and I found, um, it's just behind me, and I found this letter. So going back then, in those days, you'd, you'd, you'd handwrite a letter, you give it to the secretary, and then and type it up to my dad. And, and I read this. And I thought, wow, I found a letter of my dad. Away 22 years, and, and, and in that letter, it's he was talking about his three sons. I thought, right, what's what's he said about me? It's be good. Started reading it, and it was along the lines of, um, I, I, I wish my middle son would stop playing cricket, he's not very good, and I wish he'd focus on his football. <laughs> oh, that is gold. Very good. Well, I am a middle son. <laughs> he wasn't, he didn't name names, he just, you know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, just identified the rank. He <laughs> was right, but but I would say it was it was you know the best memory. So I was playing for club, um, school, school I was going to didn't play that much, and I started playing adult cricket at fifteen. But it's very much village level. I mean, I look at what Vince is playing now, and it's it's miles. Away. It was real village level, um, and it wasn't even for the local team. We I played for the local church team. Just, uh, I'm just going to jump in there for the listeners there, Bunsy. Vincent, Vincent is your son, and how old is he? Well, yeah, so he's, he's, a, uh, he's a budding young cricketer who's, seen, who's been doing pretty well lately. I've seen him, uh, some videos of him bowling rockets at you in the nets. I think he, he uh, knocked over your off stick in one of them. Well, it went viral, didn't it? We, we, we were famous, and um, he, he got caught behind. I, I sort of... John, you're to blame in this. I think I said I'll give him £10 if he gets me out, and John said he'll double it. So there was £20 on me wicket. 
Something motivates Stinson other than a, a you know a doubling a tenor. <laughs> so as a, as a, as you know as a, as a child uh, yourself, Barnsley, uh batter, bowler. How did what did you really start out as? As a batsman, uh, actually no, as, as as a pace bowler. But then I fell out of a, an apple tree and screwed up my arm, so I had to reinvent myself. <laughs> reinvent myself as, as as a batsman and a spin bowler. Um, so, and that would have been a couple of operations. What were you then, doing then in the apple tree? Were you trying to get enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I realised I, I couldn't bowl. Um, I went to wicketkeeping. But um, in batting, yeah, I mean, you see me bat. I'm not the best. I'll, I'll hang around. Um, I think I've got the one shot, the edge. Now and then it can middle on a, on a drive. Two shots. You've got inside and outside edges. Mm. Oh. But the talking about going back to the, uh, the cricket days, it, it really was the best times. We were just an awful team. We had a couple of players who were really good and they should not even play in the level. They should have played a lot higher. Um, and some players were just awful, but it was just the best times. I mean, we, we, we catch up now and then. Unfortunately, most of the catching up we do is at funerals. But, you know, you, you, you walk in... Instantly, you can reminisce, and it goes back yesterday of, of, of the incidents. And I guess we've, you know, many of the guys who will come on will have the same in yourself. It was just great. And, and the tours as well. We were young lads. I mean, we were 18, 19, or 20. So going on these tours, it was just fantastic. Where would you tour to? Just around the counties? Countryside counties? Or? We, did, we did North Wales. We did Yorkshire. But the favourite one was um, the New Forest in... Uh, do you know the New Forest? To put it sort of south coast or Southampton, Bournemouth area. Um, and the interesting fact, well, fact, the interesting information about uh, New Forest is that the animals are allowed to roam free. So it's it's very common, sort of you know, horse stops play as you're sort of. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So so when the goats are wandering across Chiverbore from time to time, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the first time you'd seen other animals on a, on a pitch. No, no, it's just just about a story. We're playing, uh, we're playing there, and playing at the place called the Balmoral Lawn, Balmoral Lawn, um, which beautiful cricket pitch, with big sort of stately home style uh, hotel behind it. Uh, it's also a bit of a tourist area as well. So I mean, the the, the ponies and the horses going across the wicket that that was normal, but uh, I remember the, the the cows are coming in. <laughs> And some of them started to settle on the pitch. So, okay, this is the news. You remember, we're all from Birmingham. This, 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 this We've seen a cow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I remember the, the, the opposition, the, the, the opening batsman clip one uh, off his legs for uh, before. Um, and I think, like most village teams, you get a mixture of guys who are either sporty or not or either young or not. And this guy sort of ended up in both of the latter categories. And as he was going to, you're probably ahead of me here, as he was going towards the ball, on the ball, it wasn't the greatest surface. You can imagine there's all kinds of animals walking all over this and the ball sort of, you know, bobbing along the pitch. And he's forgot about the cow competing <laughs> next to him. So of course he's running over to him, hits the cow, <laughs> rolls over him, goes straight into the ditch. Ball is just sitting there. He's in a ditch seeking medical attention. I think the batsman probably put about six or seven. The rest of us are on the floor, just not moving. 
<laughs> I think um, straight to cow corner. I think we actually the cow stopped the ball and I think that's more than the cow did more than he did all game so I think we left him in the ditch and we (laughs) left left the cow to field a fine leg we're uh, substituting on a cow for uh, D Smith who's just taken a dive into the uh, into the ditch I do have some quite um, you know speaking of ditches I do have some memories of having to pull some pretty feral uh, looking cricket balls out of that sort of drain ditch that used to run down the side of um, Gandhi, the Gandhi pitch here in Jakarta. Ooh. It's not so bad now. They put the fence up. Before they had the fence up, you were quite often retrieving balls out of a uh, open sewer almost. Probably <laughs> explains why your immune your... system so strong. It wasn't it on your debut that we were looking for the ball and they found snake. The drivers were getting excited trying to a snake. My first game was at Karawachi. Um, Karawachi, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was very much glad I was fielding. Uh, I think I was being thrown into square leg point was sort of my position for the day. And I'm very glad that I wasn't at either fine leg or mid on or mid off or cow corner because uh, balls were going into this jungle or this swamp. This thicket. This thicket. Well, it was very thick. And I was like, well, if, if I'm a snake, I would love to be hanging out in there. And uh, yes, I think they did find a snake and the drivers were getting very excited and they were running around with, you know, planks of wood and things trying to whack a snake while we were trying to get away from the snake. Um, but also trying to, you know, I think our overrate was probably slow and, uh, and, and, and we were trying to resume play. Um, probably arguing with uh, somebody about uh, getting a replacement ball um, and that ball probably being in better condition than the one that uh, found its way into a, a cobra pit or whatever they found. I think that was lunch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. They probably called an early lunch and let the drivers go and have their fun. Oh, John, and Josh, before you move on, my, I've, I've got to bring up one thing about my uh, cricketing life in the UK. was my bowling figures. Go on. I'm going to throw it out there to see if you've got better bowling figures. What are your best bowling figures? Seven for five. It's pretty good. Is that seven wickets for five runs or five wickets for seven runs? Seven wickets for five runs. Okay, so you've given it the Australian uh, format. Legs in pies. The fast oh, bowler been interesting that we all we all buy bowl legs in pies in this uh, in this call. So comparison, I'm I'm three for eleven off three. That's my best. Mine's uh, three for three for seven. My, my, mine's either three for seven or two for one. And now have you had a five wicket haul? I, I had not. a five wicket haul. Well, I have in the backyard. I think I bowled my brother out more than five times in the afternoon, but um, they don't count. Suddenly, I feel my cricketing presence has been elevated above you guys. Well, you've seen me play, so I mean, I don't know what the, where the surprise came from. <laughs> the thing is, Josh, when, when we saw you play, we thought you were on the best bats we've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And it did make me laugh when you told the story about that. I was saying to John, John, we've got we to we get this guy in. I've, I've heard that, uh, you know, re- rebels are after him. Look at him. He's just won the game. He's, he's tearing us apart. Pumping them down the valley. I know. See, I wasn't there. I wasn't there on that day, I don't think, because I've definitely not seen you any, were. any of that sparks. Because having, having, having been on the uh, same side as you now, I've also been part of the chirping that goes on. 
And uh, I distinctly remember Baker sort of muttering under his breath out the side of his mouth, sort of, uh, oh, this bloke can bat, you know. So never I remember that hearing that. And, never uh, said that. Yeah. But we didn't see you bowl as well, and we still signed you up. Yeah, I think I just got in on, on the, uh, you just thought, oh, this guy, top bloke, you know. Just good. Well, good, no, good we were we in a was the barbarians in a privileged position of, of being able to uh, run some sort of assessment or a ruler over people? Because uh, I know when I came in, it was definitely, uh, have you ever played cricket before? Okay, you're in. Yeah, have you got a driver that can play? <laughs> John, that's, 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 that's not true. You, so you met Tim Goodsell, didn't you? Uh, Hankin. Sean Hankin was how I got was it. Hankin? Yeah. I mean, I, the recruitment policy was, was, was an interesting one. It wasn't as straightforward as that. It had to, had to be a balance. It had to be a balance. Well, okay, so this, this is probably a good time to pivot here. So, you know, you came, you had, you've had, you know, quite a long history of cricket in the UK and you've been in and out of Indonesia. You're back in 2007. Um, you know, you started playing cricket sort of, you know, for other teams. I mean, Jakarta Barbarians were established 2012. So there must have been a bit of cricket going on before that. And I think, you know, Maybe, maybe you could just briefly touch on that, who you played for, where, what was going on in those days, you know, if there was any, any sort of, uh, um, you know, anything interesting around that pitches. You, I heard at some point that they used to play Iski or they used to, Iski or like on an aluminium, a piece of aluminium they used to put out on a, on a muddy piece of uh, dirt somewhere at a school somewhere. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure where it all started, but, you know, for you, where did it start in Indonesia and sort of, how did that lead to you starting the uh, Barbarians? So the Iski one you mentioned, I hadn't played. So when I came back in 2007, I continued playing football. Um, but after seven knee operations, a bad back, I realised that I couldn't continue playing football every, every weekend. And it wasn't until I got talking to uh, the Baldy, uh, Robert Baldwin, the godfather of Javanese cricket, in, in Mad Dogs, I don't know if you can Mad Dogs in that, you know, he, after, uh, after work, we'd all pile in there and we'd watch the games on TV. And I think it took some persuading, because as, as I said, I'm not the greatest cricketer. I love the game, not the greatest cricketer. I, I think I watched one game and I thought the stand was pretty decent. And finally, I decided, right, I'm, I'm going to play, so... When I went back to the UK, I got some stuff. I brought it back, I am already, and I got roped into a sixes game for, for Mad Dogs. Now, bearing in mind, I hadn't bowled for about 20 years, apart from a couple of matches when I was in Hong Kong at the KCC. Um, I did tell him many times that I haven't bowled in many years. Can I keep wicket? So we roped into the sixes tournament and first game up, I think they got quite excited because the team was quite old. At the time, how old would it have been? About 38. I would have been the young ones. Though, so I think we probably got excited. This young guy coming in, had a bit of youth to it. So you imagine how old oh, oh, the rest are. Uh, I think I came on because like six is, I think, you got to bowl at least one over, is it? Or was it two? It's five overs, uh, one over um, per person. Uh, the wicket keeper does not bowl. Yeah, which is why I wanted to be wicket keeper. So anyway, one over, uh, five balls in, and, and thirty runs against my <laughs> against my stats. Thanks, I didn't go for for thirty six because the last one I bowled wide, and like the umpire just had sympathy for me. But at least I kept wicket next game. So Hold that was, that was into the keeping position. That's that's a good uh, strategy, actually. So I, 
interestingly and surprisingly, unsurprisingly, they I didn't they weren't so enthusiastic to ask me again to start playing for uh, for some of the local. I think they would have been the likes of Whiskey Rebels. But I think about a couple of years later, Baldy wanted to start his, his team, Toppy. Um, but Baldy being Baldy, sort of has a you know, fantastic idea, um, has about five guys and thinks we can suddenly get a team out for the weekend. So we started, so I started playing for, uh, for Toppy for, uh, for a couple of years. Um, but we, we weren't very good, but it was a lot of fun. And I stopped playing football. So that suddenly sort of the, the social side of what I had from the football and, and, and that at the weekends, I just couldn't do anymore because my knees. It was, it was straight into playing for Baldy and, and Toppy. So then the link from, I guess, Toppy to the Barbarians, um, I guess, how did that come about? Robert had some disagreements with the JCA. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, to be, to be fair to, to Baldy, like the JCR, <laughs> and decided he no longer wanted to have the team. The problem was, I didn't want to play for anyone else. And there was a, a group of us who said, we, we got to carry on. But we only had about six or seven. And I think I said at the beginning, when we were sort of off air, as it were, that I found a bit of barbarian gold. Uh, and I knew this was somewhere. Um, and I thought this question may come up, my involvement, how the barbarians start. And I found in my emails, the uh, minutes of the very first meeting. And oh, wow. Ooh. How the barbarians oh, wow. This is going, I'm just, just to clarify for all the listeners, the JCA is the Jakarta Cricket Association. So they will come up here and there. Um, yeah, and I think there is a, there's a very well-known issues that have been... It's good to see that the issues with the JCA have been um, ongoing since the very early days of the Barbarians. Can we, can we just put a disclaimer out there that uh, everyone's opinions of the JCA are, are of that of their own and not that of the Jakarta Barbarians <laughs> as a collective? Yeah. Yes, I think all the same, good. though. <laughs> I've got to say, there's some real good guys at JCA, but there's one or two pricks. Right? Their names may come up later. <laughs> Oh well, these minutes. I mean, you know, to walk us through them. I mean, who who have we got? Who's who's there? Who's who's the uh, yeah? Who's doing what? Who's taking you writing these down? Has somebody else decided that it's a good idea to you know, take minutes or to, to document history? Well, well I'm going I'm to shock you here. So the minutes are actually this is up. like binding the Dead Sea Scrolls of the Barbarians. <laughs> it is. It, it is. What is it? The Rosetta Stone or the, yes, the, the Rosetta Stone? <laughs> yes. And, and the reason I say that, because I've got to sort of translate it from Tim Gutzel. Tim Gutzel put the notes together. I mean, who would have thought that? Kiwi admin, that is fifth. Kiwi admin. <laughs> pretty good job. But, I mean, Tim's as instrumental as, as me as, as, as starting a barbarian. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to share some of this. So at, at, at the meeting, there were some names you may not even recognise and some didn't even participate. But we, we had it at, um, I think it what was the Irish pub. Murphy's Kamang. or Molly's? Murphy's. Murphy's was the pub in Kamang. Yeah. Yeah. I've got in front of this. I've, I've read this and I highlighted a few things. So the present there was Tim Gutzel, Dick Slaney, Sean Hankin, obviously myself. I remember Rube, Ruben's down there as a, as a present member, um, but I think he rock, rocked up with, with one minute to go. 
Uh, Enzo should have been there, but he's done his absence. <laughs> send his apologies. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He didn't send his apologies. He's just absent. Okay. <laughs> he's Enzo. He can do what he wants. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm looking at the email. So this is from Tim. It was not me. When I first talked, I, when I read it, I thought it was me, but it was what Tim. Was the date? So. What's the date on the email? Ah, yeah. 22nd of July, 2012. Wow. There you go. Okay. So you so, have Murphy's. There's six or seven of you. Yeah. So I sort of remember, but these Tim's did a good job putting this together. So the toppy name is no longer being used in a JCA competition. Now, I don't know if the toppy name was taken away by Baldy or the JCA. <laughs> <laughs> It may have so, been mutually agreed by both, by the way. <laughs> we vote to stay in the JCA under a different name. Evan was the captain of, of Toppy, he's stepping down, Tim to take over. The club president, now this is an interesting one. Dick Slaney was voted in as, as the club president. Okay. Now, do you know Dick? Yep. I've yeah, met Dick Slaney, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Top, top, top bloke. Thing is, when he was put as president, he was never seen at a single social event or a match for two years, even though he was the president. In fact, the first time I think we saw or heard of him in a cricket match was when he was playing for the Rebels as the president of the Barbarians. <laughs> he used to travel a lot for work, right? I think... Uh, yeah, and that's, that's the reason why. He, or somewhere, yeah. He was heard in Catalin, Sumatra. Yeah. So the vice-captain, Sean... Um, got Tim's captain. So the guys who, who were running it was, was Tim's captain, Sean as vice captain, Dick Slaney. I mean, so you can imagine with those three, yeah, they, they need sort of a puppet master behind. So I, I, I saw an opportunity as like a cricketing coup <laughs> to, to, to come in and, 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 and control the team. So, yeah, so well, uh, the vice captain, Sean. So Sean's role was on field support, input, naming the team. Okay. My role at the time was um, treasurer, kit manager, and recruitment. Okay. Tim's role, but we, we take that away from him, was organization, um, naming the team before the game went out. Enzo's role was events, parties, any other activities, and spiritual counseling. Team coordinator to be sided. Mike and Steve mentioned they didn't play roles, checking out who's available and not blah, blah, blah. We need to register the 25th. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about the name. Possible names discussed were the Jakarta Warriors or the Jakarta Barbarians. Mm. I'm not too sure. I think it was Dick that came with the Barbarians. And the simple reason is um, was that Jakarta Barbarians decided due to referring to a team made up of individuals from all over the world. And I think this is where I think we are different from the rest of the teams in the JCA. And I remember when, you know, when I did my cricketing coup and I was, you know, controlling who was to come in and who's not. I wanted them not just about um, talent, but also would they fit in socially? You don't, if, if, if it's too Australian, if it's, if it's too English, too Indian, too whatever, it, to me, it just doesn't work. And I think that's, that's shown at the, uh, the fine sessions afterwards. Though I would add, when I looked at, not the scorecard, when I looked at the team list for the first game, there was six or seven English on there. Wow. Seven losses in our first seven matches, that, that was changed. <laughs> <laughs> Seven losses in the first seven games. Wow. 
So the, 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 it goes on Facebook. Okay, so we're talking about communication. Dick will organize a shirts, JCA, including 20 plain shirts. Tim Gutzel, for some reason, wanted to have nicknames on the back of the shirts. That was that was that was kicked out. Practice, remember this practice at the Sultan every Wednesday. Um, and this was the key one, fine session. So then we had a you have to be part of the fine session. That was, was very important. Um, my role was recruitment. Uh, club president will offer a barbecue. And it goes on to, yeah, yeah, pretty much goes on to say, and that was the start. That was the, uh, yeah. The, the oh, that's a great find, Bunsy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so happy to hear that, that, that you've pulled that up. And, you know, I wasn't around in those years. You know, I came later, I joined in 2014. And, you know, to just to sort of hear that origin story and, you know, to have those meeting minutes is just, uh, that's great. You know, like you can sort of envision how, how it was all going down and, how many beers sort of pass and Rube's turning up with a minute to go, probably half cut, been doing something else, you know. Uh, to be fair, he was probably stuck in traffic and... Uh, yeah, that's true, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm probably romanticising it a little bit but in my head, but... Uh... <laughs> well, one thing I'll add to that is it was it was a perfect balance. I mean, Dick, Dick was working. I mean, Tim was by far our best player. Sean, Sean was great in just having that ability to make players feel welcome. Um. But I think I mentioned before, I, 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 when I spent time in Hong Kong or Beijing, that I was fortunate to play with a, a number of expat teams, two very good ones, both all in football, and two social ones. And I wanted to sort of take a bit of that in terms of recruitment. And you said that it was a simple case of being asked, can you play turn up? It, it wasn't. It's, the Barbarians is not for everyone. And if, if, you wanna, if you wanna come up and play, score some runs and just clear off, then you know what, then clear off to whiskey. That's what they're all about. You know, or, you know the Rebels are a good bunch of lads. So Rebels have got that mixture. But I wanted, you know, as long as, the, the key for me was after every game, you socialise. Doesn't mean, it wasn't a drinking. I didn't want to be a drinking culture team. So you didn't have to stay around, you know, you're forced to drink. I didn't like that because we had some Indonesian players in the team. Yeah. Pakistan team and some and, and Afghanistan later on nothing worse than when forced to you know guys Tim Mason OMT what's his name Scott Mason Scott Mason yeah and Tim Gutzel can only last one beer so he was and Burgess as well so <laughs> didn't want it to be a drinking thing but the most important thing was they stayed and, and I would bet that when some of those guys come on and you ask them some of the highlights of their week some of the boys who come out of us because we would carry on straight after the fine set we'd go out to the pubs afterwards and we'd stay around pretty late but they didn't but i would bet that some of the funniest times i know it was for me is some fine sessions and you look around not one left early no force to drink but I'll tell you what it was i'm john you were very good and sean was very good at doing the fine sessions as well it, it was just a fantastic time and i think i think that sort of to me was, was made us different to the other teams. We wanted to win. I think Burgess brought a lot of that in. Uh, but we, we still remain social. And I, I'd like, I've not been there for five years, and I'd like to think that the, a lot of that is, is still there today. I think the uh, with how I got recruited, right, and, and, and I, I want to hear everyone's story about how they got recruited as we go on this journey. But um, I, mine was that I, I, I had landed in Jakarta on a Friday night um, in early or mid-October. 2012, so three or four months after 
that dated committee meeting or the first meeting that uh, that's been documented. Um, and you know, I was reading that Molly Malone's was having a soft opening uh, on the Saturday night uh, after they in Sinai and Arcadia. So I thought, well, I'm new in town and I knew nobody, right? I had no contacts. Um, I'd, I'd arrived on a Friday night, it took me three hours in traffic to get to my apartment. I think I got in at 11 o'clock or midnight. I had a big night in Singapore the night before. So I just went to sleep and, you know, started exploring Jakarta on Saturday. And it's very sleepy on a Saturday, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's a fairly, it's a fairly late night town. And uh, I, I turn up at about six or seven o'clock, you know, uh, to an Irish bar in Sinai and thinking, oh, it's, you know, six or seven o'clock on a Saturday, it's going to be half busy. And it was fairly empty because it was firstly their soft opening. And the first thing I realized is soft openings in Jakarta means that nobody turns up to a soft opening. Um, but that did provide me the opportunity to talk to Trev, um, who was running running things there. And and he's like, oh, I've just, I've just, just I've decided to sponsor a, this cricket team. Can you play cricket? Hang around because there's this guy coming later called Sean and and he'll talk to you about it. And um, Sean basically said, uh, can you play cricket? Do you know which end of a bat to hold? And uh, and uh, can you play tomorrow because we're one or two short? And I said, oh, look, I'm happy to play. But I said, uh, I've got to wait for my kit to turn up. And uh, I had a bit of a thing about, you know, not wanting to wear anyone else's box, basically. Um, and I also Use had a thing. Time. And well, I also, well, and I also had a thing around uh, making sure that yeah, I had my own whites. I didn't really want to wear anyone else's whites either because I, it was all on 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 route from from Australia at the time, so I didn't have any of my playing kit there. And sure enough, I, I you know, he, after about four hundred other beers, he he talks me into playing at a very soggy Karawachi on the Sunday. And I remember, so, so jumping in, you you were recruited the night before. Yes. So maybe it was a case of just can can you play get in? Yes, I think yeah. there was no other there was no other qualification of any of my skills on or off field, and uh, I remember I remember getting picked up in the morning. Uh, it was Hankin, Gutsall, Mike Wildblood, um, one or two others, and I was like jammed in the back of this four wheel drive, and there was like a, just playing equipment and kits up to the roof. And you know we're we're you know we're all crammed in and flying out you know on that on that road out to uh, Karawachi, and we turn up and it's like ankle it, it's I mean we're coming into wet season and it for whatever reason that Karawachi pitch seems to be below sea level. Um, yeah. I don't know how I don't know it only ever dries out in dry season. So you get out and there's like squish 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 squish, you know. And I've just come from playing on nice turf wickets in Brisbane, playing sub districts. Um, you know, 70 over games on two day over two days on a Saturday, right? In baking hot, lovely Brisbane weather. To it's more humid than Brisbane. It's soggy. There's snakes. Um, there's snakes. There's snakes. There's all sorts of stuff. And I'm Australian, right? So you see a snake, you run a mile, right? You, you don't. You don't go near the things because they're probably going to kill you. So you know. And then I get there, and uh, they're like, "Well, can you bat?" I'm like, "Well, I don't even know what the quality is." And, and look, no offense, I was looking around thinking. Look, I've just come from the Queensland sub-districts to, to, to this, um, but you know what? And then I said, so I said, we're, we're playing with it. Show me the ball. And it was like, the, the ball just looked wrong. It had a, like 400 layers of lacquer on it. And uh, I thought, what's that about? Um, and uh, and I said, oh, and they said, what do you feel? I said, I feel in slips. Um, and I Why said, would they okay. even ask that question, John? I know. Well, 
because at the time I was a little bit fitter than what I look now, firstly. And uh, secondly, um, I was actually feeling... John, they're not putting you in the covers. I was feeling slips and slips and gully because I could catch, right? So, um, but they didn't want to trust me in the slip. So that I think someone put me at point. And so I was going point to square leg for, for most of the first game. And I also batted number nine um, because I was untested and unseen. And uh, it was, by the time I got to bat, it was the ball was completely soaked and soggy. The pitch was soaked and soggy, and I don't think the ball was getting up, you know, about two foot off the ground. It was just these, these muddy, muddy, muddy balls that were coming through. Um, and I remember the walking off, and the pads were just fully soaked with mud spits and stains everywhere. And I thought, wow, this is cricket in Jakarta. This is a, a bit of a step down to what I was used to. But uh, this is history for me. Yeah, so well, I'm just going to have to. I'm just going to defy the same Christian Union bank, just you know for. Fairness. So, uh, what was his score that day? It wasn't very high. Um, Once again, was, he's yeah, a, it was single digits. Single digits. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it was, was a zero too. You have that stat. Was it zero? You. So there's two John Bakers I know. There's 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 John Baker in the first year and a half who, because you know you did pick yourself up talking about as you said coming from these these these. New districts, whatever the fuck. Levels of cricket yeah. in Australia and sub district. And it's not it's not a very high quality, but it's it's a little step above Jakarta. Yeah, and uh, we had a lot of hope. I mean, that was you joined us in the first season, and I think you joined us midway. So yeah. we had lost. I'm pretty sure we'd lost every single game. Uh, it was our first season. There was two two leagues. So it was the first time they had two leagues, and I was happy to go in the second second division. We were sitting bottom. And obviously, we're looking for young talent, and in, in, in walked, you know, this six four Aussie guy from the sub districts and uh, late 20s, to, you know, late 20s at the time, yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, to be honest, you're disappointed. I mean, as uh, those, those many conversations with you not there, John, is you know, do we select him for the, for the next? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> can you bring up, can you bring up the email from the minutes, uh, for the meeting directly after John joined the team? I'd like to see if there's any. No, I, what what I would actually want to hear is the uh, is the BBM group of the selection committee to go. Well, do do we try him again? That's that. Unfortunately, BBM groups aren't a thing anymore. I'd love to be able to see what what what, what little gold might have been sprinkled in there on player commentary feedback. But if my driver had didn't have errands that you know the following match, you may not have. Played. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, the, but then, there's, but then there's John two this 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 opener who just destroyed tax and was pumping balls in you know as miles and miles in, into the, the grounds of Chibabor. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And that's the that's the job that I meant. You know, those he sort of went to back to sort of one point five at some point. He reverted. I think his eyes went, but um, eyesight did go. But the other thing I will say is that uh, I never scored any or many runs at Karawachi. Just that was that was my bogey pitch. Um, you know, it wasn't the snake. It was just the the fact that the ball just never bounced. Just would just <laughs> roll along the ground. Uh, Echoes lost barbarians gain. <laughs> okay, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of. Um, that's a great recruitment story, you know. Like uh, I think between me and you, like there's there will be a pattern emerging soon, and I think. Quite quickly after um, Barnsley claimed that his recruiting strategy was around, you know, not just how good you were or, you know, your your social capital and how you're going to 
how you're going to fit into the team. It does seem to be a little bit more around, uh, do you know how to play cricket? Do you know what cricket is? The question I've got, right, is Hankin was actually in recruitment at the time, if I'm not wrong. So how did yes. he not take? How did he not pick up the mantle of recruitment? Well, it was a joint effort. I think, I, as I said, I mean, sort of my cricketing coup allowed me to have the sign-off. So we must have been short that day with you, John. But the fact that you got a second gig, obviously, um, your, your social side of you was attracted to us for you know to be a barbarian, and you paid your subs as well. Echo didn't. <laughs> for those who don't know, Echo is Bar- was Barnsley's driver. How good was he? So, you mean you didn't pay your subs? Look, I think, you know, I think, you know, this is something that's, you know, I've, I've found quite funny. And, you know, it was one of the stories that is um, sort of one of the early stories that I heard, you know, when I joined up about the, the, the early days of the Barbarians, where there would be games where multiple drivers would be selected. Um, I believe at some point there was three. It was... Uh, Baker's driver yourself, and I think maybe Ben's, Ben's, Ben's driver at some point, or maybe I think somebody John's else. driver, Barnsley's yeah. driver, and my driver all played one game. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I think one fielded at third man, one was at fine leg, and I think we put one at deep mid on um, to, to sort of hide them, and we we put the the regular the more regular players in the uh, in the inner field. Uh, I think the more interesting thing was how did we choose? I think Echo, because Echo had the most match experience. I think Echo batted number nine. Um, I think we put my driver at you mean number he'd 11. You his match experience, he'd driven to the most games. John, John, just jumping in there. You, I don't know if you're going to come, but I opened that game. I got north and Echo scored more runs than yes. this. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And and that was the story. Oh, no. I remember. I remember that was being spoken about. Uh, you know, in the sheds was. You know, geez, wouldn't it be embarrassing if your driver scores more uh, runs than you? And uh, lo and behold, Echo. You know, the day that Echo uh, Barnsley's driver scored more runs than him. He he nicked, he nicks one behind the keeper didn't take it and they run and I was going to put it in the score because buys. I think I may have done on the. <laughs> when 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 you're in control of these things, you can, you can do, do it. You rewrite history. It may have been the scorebook as not. I remember, I, I, be, I believe there was a big cheer from the stands when uh, Echo, you know, snuck through for a run. Oh, my. It was a bye. <laughs> You've been listening to our catch-up with Barnsey. This is a two-parter uh, because we had so much great content catching up with him. Josh, what were your thoughts after our uh, chat with him the other day? Speechless, mate. It was, uh, it was amazing getting one of the OG JBCC founding fathers on and uh, hearing some of those stories, you know, finding the lost scrolls of the barbarians, you know, those founding documents is just, yeah, it's just incredible, you know. Also, um, you know, maybe somewhat selfishly for me, it was also great to have another witness of your drop catches at first slip. Um, something that I was, you know, fairly certain that it happened, but you were, you were halfway to gaslighting me on that one. So, um, Almost had me convinced. Not sure that's going to make the final edit, but uh, we'll see how we go. I, uh, I love the stories about the drivers, um, you know, and I do miss my driver. I'm sure all of us miss our drivers, and uh, well, I think we, yeah, the drivers. Well, I, are, I, I miss your driver as well, Echo, uh, not Echo, sorry. Zikro, Zikro. Zikro was a great driver, yeah. I, re- yeah. I remember um, him finding us booze out of nowhere one day when we were somewhere in the back streets of North Jakarta, some down some alleyway, so... 
the other drivers used to tease him that he, uh, when I finished up, uh, he had an Australian accent. So, uh, you know, I'm very proud. <laughs> I was very proud when I heard that. Anyway, um, so for those playing at home, hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, we'll be back next week with part two of our catch up with Barnsey. Uh, and until then, witness the fitness. You've been indulging in the Cutting Oranges podcast. Ooh. Hosted by John Baker and Josh Von Vianen. A walk down memory lane of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club. Stories on this podcast may be embellished by the guests, and recollections of these events may vary. If you never look at an orange the same way again after hearing this, then we have served our purpose. Until next time, we'll get you to push back down to third band to save the boundaries from all those edges coming through. There's a lot of stuff. You probably have to edit most of this.